When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Texas Sports Nation. I'm Jonathan Alexander here with Brooks Cabina. Tell me if you've heard this before, but the Texans have lost another game, Brooks. Another game. They're 1-7-1 one, and one, or 1-8-1. One, one seven and one. One seven and one. It's hard to keep track at this point, isn't it? It, it is, man. I feel like I'm writing some of the same things every week, and but it's never a dull moment, especially in press conferences with Lovey Smith. Well, yeah, I mean, this game. I know it's a lot of what we've talked about before, but it's just getting further and further solidifying that the quarterback evaluation of Davis Mills has reached a point where they've got to make a change at the end of the year. Um, they, they should make a change right now. Um, his performance against the Giants, especially in the first half, was not good. He had 35 yards passing at halftime. And that you would think that that was bad, but he had topped 17 yards, which he did against the Titans the first half two weeks before. It's become a trend. We've talked about it throughout the week. There were times, I remember after the Raiders game, we were sitting here and I was... I was talking about being patient with Mills. I thought there was more there, um, but it's just a lot of the throws aren't there. It's part of the offensive scheme too, I think. You bring back Cooks and Collins and still aren't unable to get them involved. Um, And not just that, the brevity. Three and outs, getting off the field quick. They didn't even have time to diagnose what Don Martindale, the defense coordinator of the Giants, was doing to them to stop the run. All of that is an issue. And... I was actually kind of blown away um, in some ways that Davis Mills, when I asked him about Collins and Cooks coming back to the offense and what they plan to do differently about it, he said they were going to do the same. They did the same thing. So whatever it was that was before wasn't working. So they were just doubling down, committed to it again, didn't have enough time. I mean, a lot of questions there. But ultimately, at this point, it should be someone else playing quarterback. And if it's, I mean, they had had Kyle Allen uh, sign in the offseason. Obviously, uh, Lovey Smith said he doesn't think it's time yet. I mean, this is all about future. It, it just it seems like if they're not playing him, it's because they're still trying to evaluate Mills. Yeah. And um, I just I just don't see what else they need to see at this point. Yeah, I, I think we've seen enough. I mean, you know, I've, I've I feel like I've known since probably a few games ago that he wasn't their future uh, long-term guy that they haven't been looking for, that they definitely need to draft a quarterback with that first overall pick that they're going to get. But as far as this season, you know, I, I, I probably wouldn't, I probably wouldn't argue against benching him because I mean, what more can you get from him? 
I think I mentioned this in last week's podcast. You keep doing the same thing over and keep expecting different results. And that's asinine. Like, what are you doing? Like, you got to do something different. And and I don't think Kyle Allen is the future. No, of course not. So maybe that's why Lovey hasn't, you know, gone to him knowing that. But you're running the risk of, of frustrations boiling over players getting frustrated by seeing some of the same things happen over again. I mean, Davis Mills was short on a lot of his passes. Yeah. It wasn't a great day for him. And he's turned the ball over in six of the past seven games. They've lost all six of those games. When the Texans, when he throws an interception, the Texans lose. Like, that, I mean, well, look, and, and that I mean, goes to the, the whole quarterback thing. record thing is is a bunch of baloney. But, but, I, I, but let whenever me, but, I see it. I mean, there are a lot of problems with the team, and he's obviously an influential part of it. But I don't wouldn't take any no. lineation of interceptions to losses. Here. Yeah, but but let me let me bring the point I'm trying to make though is what I'm trying to make is like Davis Mills literally has to be perfect for the Texans to win games because they don't have enough talent on the offensive side of the ball to overcome those turnovers. He literally has to be perfect for them to win these games. And when he when he turns the ball over, that's one mistake too many that they can't make. Like they're not in a position to make these comebacks. I think you tweeted that most of their plays have been coming from behind. They haven't been with the, having a lead. Yeah, and that's not good for them. It's it's the reason why they're one seven and one. So they right. got a lot that they have to get fixed. But you know you've seen them make a lot of changes on defense. So it's time for them to make some changes on offense, in my opinion, too. So Davis playing perfect in order to win. I mean, the whole idea of the evaluation of him through the lens of this season is probably not smart. I mean, they, they, if it's, if, if it's him trying, if, if it's him having to play perfect for them to win in this situation, I mean, who's going to win in this situation, given this team, you look at what he's been able to do through the offense that they're trying to build with the understanding of the circumstance that's around him. And he's not producing. I wouldn't have any problem with it winning or losing at this point because the defense is about to give up 3,000 yards rushing this year. That's the most the team has ever given up. I mean, there's loads of problems. The issues to me are definitely that you go into a game expecting the quarterback to make proper decisions and proper throws. In and just to keep drives going. I mean, what's interesting to me is that this is a run-oriented offense, but their tendencies are very much in the past. There'll be more of this that I write, but out in comparison to the rest of the league, the league average on first down, teams run up. Uh, they uh, teams run the ball fifty-two percent of the time. The Texans run forty-five percent of the time on first down. They're actually passing more often on first down. Overall, they run the ball 41% of the time. So they they pass more frequently than they do uh, whenever they run. But that has this to do with it. From the first quarter to the third quarter, the Texans run the ball 44% of the time. The league average is 42. In the fourth quarter, they run the ball 28% of the time to a league average of 42. What that tells you is they're getting blown out in fourth quarter. They're playing with behind in a lead. They go almost exclusively 11 personnel in the final three drives as they push down score points. And Davis Mills puts up over 300 yards against um, the Giants. And over the course of the game, when it mattered, the, the production wasn't there. You, you alluded to that tweet. Here's, it's astounding to me. They, out of the offensive plays that Texas have run this year, 305 of them have been whenever they're trailing it again. 
in a game. 60 when they have a lead. 33 of that was against the Colts. So for the last eight games, they've only had 27 plays run with the lead. That's an average of three plays with the lead per game. And four of those were three and outs. One of them have resulted in a punt and another in a field goal. Yeah. There's not enough of sample size to even know what this team does with a lead. <laughs> yeah. You have no idea what it looks like with whenever there's success. Well, I think I think it goes back to the slow starts. Like, especially like this past game where it just felt like they were being very conservative. And <laughs> I I made a comment like for a team that's the worst in the NFL, they make a lot of conservative plays on early downs. Like a lot of their Third down plays when they're third and nine, their plays were the well short of the sticks. And it's just like, okay, like I understand you don't have that much trust in Davis Mills, but what do you have to lose? And they were taking a very conservative approach early in the game. And I thought it came back to bite them. Obviously, they were out coats there in the first half. But along with them being conservative, I thought that that uh, hampered their ability to get anything going. And then when Damian Pierce was bottled up, they literally had no chance, but that's been consistent yeah. with them this year. They've had all these slow starts and have and have had to come back. They haven't cashed in on red zone opportunities. They have four um, red zone opportunities in the fourth quarter and came away with only six points. Like that's ridiculous. Like you know that Jordan Aikens got all the way down there to the goal line and then you know they didn't cash it in. And yeah, Brandon Cooks that touchdown from Davis Mills or Brandon Cooks that was negated by a holding penalty from Kenyon Green. And then the interception, they ran the same exact play. Like, why did they run the same exact play? And, you know, of course the Giants snuffed it out. Yeah, that in itself, though, was the balance between being conservative and aggressive. And Mills was definitely aggressive throwing in a double coverage of that instance. But, like, I mean, we've talked about this before. On early downs, they're definitely a run-oriented team. Damian Pierce has to get things moving for the rest of the offense to go. Part of the philosophy that I think needs tweaking is you hear the rhetoric between players, Pep Hamilton, Lovey Smith, about getting into manageable third down situations. Like, I wonder, I'm sure maybe they don't mean it this way, but maybe they do. Why worried about third downs at all? I mean, I don't, I don't see how if you're looking at other teams, if you're, let's just say another offense that's run oriented, like the 49ers, is Jimmy G sitting there saying, Oh, I see Debo Samuel's downfield, but you know, I need to, you know, dump it off to McCaffrey for a two yard gain so that we get that third down conversion ratio up. Like I'm with you. You have to, in the first and second down, it does look, you looked at it the first, the first drive of game. It was a short pass out to the left or a bootleg by Mills that was not for much yardage, but he still skipped it. And it's being, it's trying to gain little yardage. It's trying to get things going. But I mean, that's that's totally what their philosophy is. And and to what you said earlier about Mills having to be perfect, by setting yourself up on third down, you're asking your limited offense to be perfect or at least succeed more often than not. And this offense, by its talent, is not conditioned to do that. So when you have players like Cooks or Collins or you know Damian Pierce, some of these explosive players, I just I'm with you. I think they need to try and fix it up and take bigger risks. But at this point, at one seven and one, yeah. losing's a good thing. And yeah. if they string off like 
four or five wins at the end of this year, I don't know what good that does anybody. No, it didn't do them any good. Uh, I mean, they need that number one pick along with they need some help from the Browns who, you know, seem to continue to be struggling and they might be headed for a top 10 pick unless Deshaun Watson just makes some miraculous turnaround. But um, yeah, it it does help for them to lose. Um, But of course, you know, Levy Smith and Pep Hamilton won't, won't play like they're trying to lose because their jobs are tied to it. You know, yeah. I don't know. The more they lose, the more I feel like their jobs might not be as safe as what we once thought it would be. Um, like, I don't, you know, it, it it would be difficult for Nick Casario to fire two coaches after one year because that would be an indictment on himself. Um, however, like, now you can't finish the season having won only one game and then say, okay, yeah, well, I have – and then turn to your fan base and say, okay, yeah, well, I have faith. I'm not advocating for Levy Smith. I'm, I've am i always been in favor of getting people at least two years. But, man, like, the coaching staff right now is making it a lot more difficult. Like, some type of change is going to have to happen in offseason. I don't know what that right well, decision is, but – Yeah, I mean, you, you say what we previously thought. I mean, I wrote in September before the season began that – you knew that Cal McNair going into this year didn't need another process-oriented coach. Whenever he had the press conference, he said, I expect to win at everything we do, and there's pressure to perform in our organization. Lovey Smith knew that. Mm -hmm. So going into the the last – I mean, when they start losing these games, and especially when the run defense is this bad, that's part of Lovey Smith's deal. He's the defensive play caller. Yeah. So are these players – getting better also you look at the rookies have they progressed you uh, you look at the offensive side of the ball have they been getting the most out of these players like Damian Pierce is there but the offense is somehow doing worse no I mean like I think it was pretty clear when the season began that if this team is not moving along to a better competitive team and you had faith and that the coach and staff could do that there would be a change and I've 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 thought that and like with they're going right now. I wouldn't expect them to return this way. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's either, I don't know if there's much confidence you can have, especially on the offensive side of the ball, that things would change. I mean, defensively, maybe you could come up with the idea that if they invest more into better players and key positions like the defensive line, linebacker, other spots, yeah. that Lovey Smith's defense that's more reactionary based, built on that, I, I think maybe you could convince yourself into that. But honestly, you look at all the other defensive coaches that are out there, there are different schemes that are working. And it's just, you've got some players here like Jalen Petrie, who's, you know, after the first four weeks of the season where he was forcing turnovers and taxes for loss, he's regressed. Yeah. And having to bench him. I mean, Christian Harris probably needs a full off season to get into it. But even with Malik Collins back in the game, they gave up a hundred plus yards to Saquon Barkley. So it's like, I don't, I don't see how this, scheme has much confidence in it right now so i mean if it were the, the season ended today i wouldn't I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a complete coaching overall yeah i wouldn't be shocked either probably wouldn't be critical of decision but you know that's going to be <laughs> that's going to be an interesting thing to watch this this coming off season for sure you know you spoke about the defense there are some some positives that you see but they they're really going to have to address that interior on the on the defensive line you know i think malik Collins does add a little bit more. Obviously, they haven't gotten what they've needed from from the other defensive tackle spot. So, 
I think that's going to whatever their second pick is. You know, I've I've said they should go with a quarterback with their first pick. Whatever their second pick is, it needs to be a a defensive lineman, a defensive tackle, and they're going to have to figure out an opposite linebacker too. Kind of later in the earlier second or third rounds too, because that hasn't been great. Uh, you know, I think Christian Harris definitely is going to be a better player, but you know they they've had a lot of issues with their and you know stopping the run. It's 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 a shame when you know what's going to happen. Like you knew the Giants were going to yeah. run. They're a running team, and they still did it. Like Saquon Barkley had a season high thirty five carries. Uh, I mean, he didn't go wild like Derrick Henry went, but he did good enough, and they still couldn't stop him. So even though they knew what was coming, so they, they it's something they definitely have to address this offseason. With a second first round pick on a defensive tackle, I'd, I'd have to look into the the depth of that group this year, especially where maybe where they'd be picking with a Browns selection. Like there's a lot of things that can happen between mm-hmm. now and the draft, right? Like if it was still Lovey Smith calling plays, if it was still his scheme, the defensive tackle spot opposite Malik Collins. I don't know if that's valued at the first round. I I, I don't I don't know if it's I don't know if it's as valuable as maybe finding a linebacker or whatever else there might be, or definitely receiver yeah. at this point. I mean, of all the things that the defense did bad on Sunday, like towards the end of the second half, that was awful. Second quarter they were able to come through. So I don't, I'm not even talking myself into how good the defense was possibly playing. The Texans seem to be like the king of like mm-hmm. garbage time stats. It's like, they make you feel like they're deceptively better. Like you look at the point differential on the season, they enter the fourth quarter, I think minus six on point differential for the season. So it's like, they're like, <laughs> Hey, we're in the game, but you look at the numbers and you dive into it. Like, no, you don't have a chance, but I think wide receiver would definitely be in that spot. If if like Jameson Williams and Chris Olave and some of those other guys, they I think three wide receivers got picked before 13. That definitely influenced the Texans trading back and ultimately selecting Kenyon Green. If they had the chance to draft another top receiver like that, I think they'd do it. Obviously, what coaching staffs yeah. around. By they, that I time. mean, they definitely need a wide receiver. And, and wide receivers in recent years have been, you know, premium Picks. I mean, you look at Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle, and you look at at guys yeah. like you know Devontae Smith. You know, those guys are getting some high value from their picks. So, I mean, having a wide receiver, a really good wide receiver, is super critical. And you saw how it's helped with the development of Tua, and you saw how it's helped with the development of Jalen Hurts. How it's made those guys so much better in these years. Um, just having multiple guys you can throw to and the Texans certainly don't have that. That's definitely one of the positions I think they're gonna one hundred percent have to address. I'm just I'm just surprised that even with Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks, where a lot of their production has come from, that that that, that isn't enough to at least get some downfield passing game going. Yeah. I mean last year last year they were they were pushing the ball down more than they were this year. They had less at the wide receiver. Arguably they had less in the offense. They didn't mm-hmm. have Damian Pierce. So like one more wide receiver in a scheme with Pep Hamilton that is run oriented and still built around a lot of tight ends and, uh, you know, fullback packages is, are they ever going to go like how much of a difference would a, a third wide receiver go if their tendencies typically tend to be multiple tight ends? So like looking at against the Giants game here, okay, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to look at this again before things started to get out of hand, 20 plays and 11 personnel. Two tight ends or fullbacks, 24. So would one more wide receiver change that dramatically? I don't think so. So what value is that to this? Is that replacing Brandon Cooks possibly? Would they start spreading it out more? I I, I don't have confidence that that would change either. 
So I, I'm just taking the sample size of what they got between Cooks and Collins. And the, if they're not getting yeah. production out of them, I don't know how that spells something any different if they get another guy. I don't know. If, yeah. Well, I don't, we, I don't think Cooks going to be here next year. So they're going to have to find somebody else. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I mean, that's see, that's the whole thing. There's eight more games of this. And I'm, I'm just going to go back to the tweet whenever Brandon Cooks, when he said, I'm coming up for the lies. And then we went and talked to him. And he, I mean, he sat there for 12 minutes for some pretty uncomfortable questions. So there's props to that. But if, if, if everybody is saying things that they don't actually mean, and like Lovey Smith is talking about Davis Mills and not benching him, part of the other accountability of this is like if you're benching other guys like Jalen Petrie or, you know, Christian Harris is going in for Kama Grugier Hill and then he leaves. There is a point of accountability for a coach too, where the players are looking for you to make the right decision, right? So they, where is the accountability for every player? Are we trying to win every week? What communication is there? Yeah. So if like the rest of this year, what answers are there going to be? What, 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 I mean, how are they going to, how are they going to treat this? How, what are they, what are they going to be saying? Is it, is it just going to be company lines? There's going to be authenticity out of this. I mean, there's a lot of to see how people will come out of this, how they treat this. Uh, I, I'm just interested in how the rest of this is going to go. So we'll see. Uh, they got a winnable game against Washington on Sunday. Um, it'll be at home at NRG. What do you think? You think they get a win? I, uh, you know, I picked them to win this game in my early season prediction, but I'm I'm, I'm struggling with uh, making that same prediction. But you know what? I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to say they do get the win 23 to 20 somehow, some way. Well, uh, they play on Monday night. We're recording this on a Monday night and they uh, are actually down. Spoiler alert, seven to nothing to the Eagles. Mm. So um, they might end up getting trashed by the same team that trashed the Texans. So I don't know. They've, they've played well. Um, I think the, I think the commanders still win. I don't have, Honestly, there's the, the, the Texans are in a prove it mode. And the only thing that might help them is that the commanders don't have a, just a complete stud at running back, but it, they haven't, it's been proven that you don't really need one. So, um, the passing game is picked up every now and then. Um, I think, I think the commanders still win. I don't know what the score is, but <laughs> I'll, I'll think of that down the line. I, I just don't know if there's much that this offense can move. What are the point totals been? Let me take a look at, just, I don't know if they can get past 17. Um, we haven't really seen them do that. Yeah. yeah. 17, 16, 10 points the last three games. Yeah, I think it's probably right around that. Yeah. I don't think the well, the Texans haven't scored more than 25 points at all this season. So, a bad offense. Six, an average of three plays with a lead in the last eight games. They haven't led since the Titans game. Yeah. I didn't even know he led in the Titans game. They did briefly at the very beginning. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. 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 <laughs> well, this should be another uh, another eventful Sunday. And uh, we appreciate y'all listening to us. As always, please read our content on HoustonChronicle.com slash sports. He's Bruce Cabina. I'm Jonathan Alexander. Until next week. <laughs> <laughs>